0: But uh, hey, I'm really glad you're here today. Hey, this is the time when I normally welcome like all of our campuses together, and then we all say hi to our brothers down at Lyman. Uh, uh, but, but here's the thing is, do this thing called the Pando app, which we help fund over our Christmas offering. Uh, l- last month, 100,000 inmates across the country uh, listened to Flatirons, and 860 men and women uh, gave their lives to Christ through f- what God's doing through Flatirons. But wait, wait, wait. So a lot of those are moms. Uh, we have uh, moms that are incarcerated across the country. Will you w- wish them a happy Mother's Day right now? Please give it up. So good. Woo. I'm feeling good. Good. Happy Mother's Day. My mom's watching in Tennessee. So hi, Mom. Anyway, but uh, hey, today, um, today we're going to be wrapping up this series we've been in for like the last month where we have been like parked in a, in, right in the middle of the Bible, in a book of the Bible called the Book of Proverbs. It's a collection of like wise truths or, or sayings about all like key areas of life. It was written by a guy named Solomon, who God asked him one time, like, ask for anything you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom. All right? And in doing so, he was able to be successful in a lot of different areas of his life, more so than if he just said, God, make me powerful, or give me money, or give me success, or, or give me position. Because he asked for wisdom and got it, he was able to be successful in all those other areas of life, because he asked for the right thing. And here's why, and this is kind of what we've been unpacking the last month in here, this is where it all boils down to, is wisdom is knowledge rightly applied, knowledge rightly applied. In other words, it doesn't matter how much stuff you know. You might be the smartest person in the room, all right? It doesn't matter how much knowledge you're holding on to, Even if you're right, even if what you're, you're thinking is true, it doesn't matter or it, it, won't, it won't make a positive difference. It won't be helpful in your life if you don't know how and when to rightly apply it. But if you do, if you can figure that out, God says, all right, rightly applying what God says is, is right and true will lead to a life that, that actually can stand up to any storm that hits your life Which we would all agree, I think, would be very helpful given the world we live in right now. Because it just seems like it's storm after storm, right? And the key verse to knowing how and when to apply that knowledge from God, Ben gave that to us last week. Let's look at this, it's Proverbs chapter three, all right? Trust in the Lord, and trust in the Lord means um, not just believe in God, it means that actually act as if what you believe to be true about God Like like live your life that way, okay? You're You're gonna walk by faith, all right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Like as you're going through life, I'm just not gonna go on my emotions or even my own intellect or I'm not gonna let my wounds from my past run my life, all right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Then he goes and says this, in all your ways, all right, in all the choices that you make, as you make decisions, when you come to crossroads in your life, all right, acknowledge him, acknowledge God, and he will make straight your paths. Acknowledge him. We were told all, all the time, keep your eyes on the road. And this says, no, don't keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on God. Follow him and he'll take you down the right road. A road that leads to, to life, not death. And so the takeaways last week, if you were here, if not, get back and, and watch it. The takeaways that Ben left us with last week were this. As we're making our decisions about any area of life, all right? Like, and you come to a crossroads about like, which which direction should I go? because it's gonna change the trajectory of my life if I go left or right. Here's what, here's what been left of us last week, is the first thing we need to do is we need to take a timeout. Pause at the crossroads, all right? We need, we need to ask God, okay God, not do, what do I feel like doing right now? Because that'll get you in a lot of trouble, right? Or, or what, 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 what would just help right now in this moment? No, ask God this, hey, what's, what's really going on here? What's true? What's really true? Because I get fooled a lot. What's the wise thing to do right now? So I'm gonna take a time out. The second thing is I'm gonna stop flirting with disaster. Great 70s rock song, right? Stop flirting with disaster. Uh, one time I got named Paul, he wrote it this way. He says, flee from sin. And what we'd like to do is flirt with it. I can handle a little bit of it. it this won't matter. Something like that. He says, no, 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 no. You need to put as much distance between you and this thing in front of you that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. You need to put as much distance as possible. And then you gotta make a decision. You gotta choose. You gotta choose home. Time out. Right, and I got, I got, I got to run away, get, get that out of my life. And then I need to choose. God would say, "Life, choose what God says will lead to to, to life." Trusting in Him, and it's not that we understand God all the way, all the time. I don't understand God how this will lead to life. You don't have to understand; you have to obey. All right, and again, again, not because you understand God, but because you trust Him more than you even trust your own ability to see clearly in this situation, because let's be honest, sometimes when it gets really, really crazy, I don't know what to do, and this is what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, I'm not gonna go with that, I'm gonna go with God, right? Now, here's the truth, okay? All that's right, all that's good, all that's true, most of us would agree with all that. Most of us would say, you know, "That if I could just do that, my life would be, be, be great, all right? We could, if we could just land the series there, okay? Call a timeout, put some distance between me and the things screwing up my life, and then choose the right thing, our life would get better. We should end the series now. But well, we're not, all right? Because this isn't a four-week series, it's a five-week series, and I get to land the plane today, and on top of that, it's Mother's Day, all right? So last, last week, Ben, if you he were here, he really hammered the men. I mean, he just came down hard on the men about making wise and better choices. And so this week, hey, Jim, you just really need to, and I can't say it. Yeah, I can't say what I would say if I was speaking to men. I, it would come out really appropriately. I'm to really hammer the, I'm, I can't say that, all right? So I'm gonna speak fervently to the women, <laughs> it's me going, oh, yeah, you can't say that. Anyway, so I, wanna, I really wanna talk really, really, really bluntly to the women in the room about what Proverbs says to women about you making wise choices, okay? Now, let me just be honest. I'm a little bit nervous about this, but this past week, I, I took that dumb Enneagram test that the whole world has taken except me, all right, because I'm an eight, all right, and don't tell me what to do. Apparently, eight means I'm a challenger, all right? <laughs> so this, one of the questions goes like this. When there's a possibility of conflict in your life, do you try to avoid it? And I was like, no. And then I wrote, heck no, out in the, in the margin, right? Because, because I, 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 I'm looking forward to this a little bit, all right? So I'm gonna really go for it. So ladies, I'm, I'm not gonna pull any punches. Buckle up, guys, shut up, because what, what I'm gonna say to the women, 99% of it goes to you. But I really, you know, a lot of times we don't talk to one group of people and you have to do the math. I really wanna talk to women today. I wanna talk to ladies, okay? Whether you're a mom or not, all right? But I really wanna lean into to the women in the room, all right? So here we go. So here, ladies, here's some wisdom from your pastor, you know what I think your biggest problem is? <laughs> and it's not men, okay? <laughs> We're just a symptom of it, okay? So here, here's, what I, here, ladies, here's what I think your biggest problem is, is this, is that too many times, and I would say this, most of the time, you guys are just holding your breath, all right, see, see if I'm close here, listen. You listen to the wrong voices and compare yourself to the wrong things to find your value, your worth, and your identity, right? And I ran that by my wife, and she went, yep, And I see a bunch of ladies going, "Mm mm-hmm, right now, right? Here's the second bit of wisdom from your pastor. It goes like this. Historically, the church has been more of a problem than a help for you in this area. We've actually kind of made it worse. And here's what I mean by that. I've been in church since before I was born. Like my mom, had, I playing the Oregon, I was in there, all right? So, so I'm 59 years old, this would be my 60th Mother's Day, all right? 60th Mother's Day service that I have sat through. And I can honestly say, in all those years of Mother's Day sermons and church services I've sat through, 50 of them were all out of the same chapter of the Bible, Proverbs chapter 31, the 30, all right, this, where we find this description of what could be no less than a description of Superwoman super wife, super mom, she does it all. If you followed her on Facebook, she'd win. You'd hate her, right? Let's Listen, I'm gonna read through this really quick and, and uh, uh, kind of the, the whole chapter. And, and in the original language, this makes it even whatever, right? This is a poem and each line of the poem starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So on top of everything else she does right, her husband writes poems and songs about her. Probably has a Mother's Day card. Don't you already hate her already? And him, all right? Anyway, so so Proverbs 31 probably starts with dear wife. Here we go, right? So And I'm gonna give you my commentary as we go through here. So he starts with this. An excellent wife, who can find? We should have music playing. So, So she is far more precious than jewels, the heart of her husband trusts in her, right? He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This guy's just laying it on thick. Here we go, right? This is this woman, right? She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She hand makes all of her family's clothing, okay? She is like the ships of the merchants. She brings her food from afar. She goes all over town all week long getting the best deals on gourmet food. I mean, it's great at their house, all right? How about this? She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She gets up, all right, and cooks for the family and her maid staff before the sun comes up. Rough life, lady. All right, so how about this? She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. So she's a realtor. <laughs> she's a farmer, and she makes her own wine. Where is this woman, all right? So next verse, all right? She, she dresses herself and it actually she, she girds her loins with strength and makes her arms strong. In her spare time, she works out, right? She's that Peloton girl. All right, so next, right, so, she, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. She has a side business, right? Her lamp does not go out at night. She, her house, they never run out of anything, all right? She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Not only does she make her own clothes, she makes her own cloth to make her own clothes. Great, all right, look at this. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She does charity work in her free time, all right? She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. What does that mean? It means her kids always show up at school in the wintertime with coats on, not, and, and, and not flip-flops and shorts, and their clothes actually match because she took the time to lay their clothes out. Superwoman, all right, how about this? She, I love it. She, she makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and, and purple. It could be she makes her own blankets. It probably means she wears sexy stuff to bed. Maybe that essential oil stuff been talked about last week. Now you're gonna watch that sermon, all right? So her... Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. The the men in town are going, have you seen this this, this family? They're they're the perfect marriage, all right? She makes, look at this. She makes linen and garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. So she has a successful business where she she makes stuff, sells it in all the stores in town, sell sell her own line of product, right? Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She's not afraid of getting old. She's not afraid of the future. She laughs bring it on she opens up her mouth and wisdom uh with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue she's that lady who always says the right things and never loses her temper don't look at your wife right? I just look straight ahead Right? she she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness she's never eaten an entire gallon of ice cream while binge watching the entire shades of gray series while her husband's asleep and farting in the recliner that's not her <laughs> That's a good weekend right there. She, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women, this is what he says to her, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. You're the best. Charm, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Happy Mother's Day, honey, signed your husband and your kids. Right Now, everybody take a breath. And here's why, here's why, I read that off to you because in all the Mother's Day talks that I've heard, as I've heard the preacher up here kind of listing to all the traits of this superwoman, I, I, could walk, I could look across the room and I could see all the moms sinking deeper and deeper into their pews. That's church benches, all right? At the realization that they sucked at all of that. That, like, I, I could look around the room and I could see the woman going, I, I didn't spin any garments or flax this week. I didn't do that. I didn't buy a field. I drank some wine, but I didn't make it. <laughs> I can look at the young moms, and they're like, they realize, and they got baby poop under their fingernails. They've got dried Kraft mac and cheese stuck to their pant leg from last night, and they're waiting on that silent pager to go off that their satanic child has set kids' ministry on fire. Again, <laughs> we all have that kid, right? See, I was thinking, you hear that, and if, if you're a, if a rational woman, you're sitting here going, if I ever met that Proverbs 31, babe, I'd show her what she could do with her spindle, right? That's like just what you would do. Ladies, can I get an amen? amen. All right. So let's just take a time out because we're not going to study that anymore. All right. Let's let's see if wisdom is knowledge, knowing what is right and true, and then rightly applying it, meaning taking something that God says is right and true and helpful, and then living as if that were really true in your life, living as it was really true. And one of the biggest problems that women, and I would say, and men. How is that they're listening to the wrong voices tell them who they are, comparing themselves to the wrong things to tell them what they're worth. If all that's true, I don't think that Solomon, if he really is the wisest person, second only to Jesus to walk on the planet, would throw out that list of super qualities and say, hey, ladies, if you wanna be a good, godly wife and mom or woman, that's the bar, be like her. I don't think he would do that. So, so, So buried in there somewhere... Is, is some knowledge, is, is something, some truth that if, if, if it's rightly applied, something good could happen in your life. And if it is ignored or isn't rightly applied or lived out of it, even if you get first place, your mom of the year, wife of the year, woman of the year, whatever that is, in your head and in your heart, it won't be enough. You won't believe it. So, what is the key verse in all of that that makes all the other verses kind of a moot point if we miss this one? And it's this one little verse tucked in there that we just breezed right through. Verse 30, look at this. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Meaning this, Solomon has just listed off a long, very impressive resume of what this woman has accomplished in her life. And then he says, by the way, none of it means anything because it's empty and temporary, it won't even be here in a few days, compared to this most important thing, which is what? A woman who fears the Lord. And what's that mean, fears the Lord? And we covered this a few few weeks back, all right? To fear the Lord doesn't mean you're terrified of God, and like, oh no, God, run, because he's gonna get us. It doesn't mean that at all. But to say that, you're, you're, that you have for the fear of the Lord means respects, respects the Lord. And by that, it means a, a person who, who fears the Lord keeps the Lord in the proper place that he deserves in her life. He's in the right priority of all the things that are important in my life. He's in the right spot. But while that's important, when that happens, something else happens as well. See, if we keep the Lord in the proper place that he deserves in our lives, then we will know the proper place that we hold in his life. All right? In other words, all right, and this is, this is why you get your cameras out and go, I want to remember that, okay? I'm going to need that Tuesday, right? I mean this. When we remember who God is to us, then we remember who we are to God. Take a picture of it, because you're going to want to remember it, right? When we remember who God is to us, then we remember who we are to God, and that, that's her secret. That's that lady's secret, and everything else is fleeting and temporary. Who we are to God doesn't change based on what anybody else says about us or who or what we compare ourselves to, which is what we've already covered for many of us. That's where our lives tend to go off the rails, at least emotionally and mentally, Right? We're listening to the wrong voices and we're comparing ourselves to the wrong things to find our worth and our value and our identity. And this woman, though, above all else she might have going for her, she knew who God was and she knew who she was to God. And out of that, first and foremost, anything that might or might not happen in her life happened. Out of that, out of the overflow of that. So today on Mother's Day, I have a question for the ladies. And men, do the math and apply this to you. Two questions I want you to wrestle with today. The first one would be this. Who is it in your life that you're listening to to tell you who you are? Who gets to tell you who you are? And then, followed by this, what or who is it that you're comparing yourself to to tell you what you're worth? How do you know you're valuable? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a quick Bible study, all right? Because it's church and see if maybe there's a better voice to listen to and a better source to look to for value and worth. And because it's Mother's Day, these verses will mean something to anybody who's a mom or had one. That's everyone. All right. Uh, so, all right. So, oh yeah, we all were born. All right. So, all right. So, so first, we're going to look back at a verse that we already covered. Right, Proverbs chapter three. Trust in the Lord. All right, I'm actually going to live my life as if God is right. Right, with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, and all your choices. And all your definitions of yourself, whatever, acknowledge God and he will make straight your paths. Now, right after this, most people stop reading right there. Right after this, Solomon continues this thought. He says this, be not wise in your own eyes. It doesn't matter what I'm thinking right now. What does God say is true, all Right? Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And evil is just anything that doesn't agree with God. Now look at this, this is so good. It will, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now here's what's interesting about this, and we're gonna do this over and over today, all right? If you go back to the original Hebrew, so English just doesn't do the Bible justice, but if you go back to the original Hebrew that this was written in, it translates this way, all right? It will be healing to your navel. That's a belly button. Listen, if you'll just trust in the Lord, it will be healing to your belly button and refreshment to your bones. And and think about your navel is the source of life and nourishment that connected you to your mom, your creator, and for a season kept you alive. And refreshment or medicine to your your bones, bones are the structure that everything else hangs on. And Solomon is saying this, he says, when you trust in the Lord, right? Just like there was a a time when a baby was being formed and created, and we all were there, the source of that creative life, the thing that kept us alive, came through your belly button, connecting it to your creator, which at that point was your mom. And Solomon says, when you keep God's voice and what he's saying is true about you, your life will be healed. Like the dead parts come back to life and and you'll find refreshment for your bones. What's that mean? So you'll be strong and every time the wind blows, you don't collapse into a boneless puddle, a mess because you're strong. Now hold on to that because if I were to ask, all right, does anybody need some healing for their flesh and some refreshment for your bones? Most of us go, yeah, sign me up. Where do I get that? And it's a great question. Who do I look to? Who do I listen to? Where do I run to find that voice? What's that mean? So I'm gonna give you one more verse out of Proverbs and then I'm gonna give you three names or concepts that describe who God is and who you are to God. Then we're gonna sing this amazing song at the end, don't leave early, it's worth a mission right there. The last song, I'm, I'm telling you, it will just land the plane for you, all right? So the first one, one of my favorite verses in all of Proverbs is this, Proverbs 18 says, the name, and it's really important you remember that. The name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous, like the, the, the person who's, who's running after something good, the righteous run into it, the name of the Lord, and are safe. So what Solomon is saying is this. You must keep the, 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 the Lord in the proper place and role in your life, and you must run to him to tell you who you are and what you're worth. And in this verse, Solomon says this. Everything you need to know about this, this Lord, this God that you're running to and what he can do for you and what, what, you, can be, what you can find in him can be found in just his name, His name alone, we're gonna look at the names of God. See, when you know who he is and what his name means, Solomon says, it'd be like, it's like you're getting attacked and then you run into this strong fortress and you're safe, you're gonna be okay if you know where to run. Now, there are many names of God in the Bible that in English mostly translate God or sometimes God Almighty, all right? But again, in the original Hebrew Aramaic that it was written in, all right, um, they they mean something different, something more than simply generic God, okay? So really quick, I'm gonna give you three names of God for you to hold on to. You're gonna wanna write these down, okay? They're just three words you're gonna write down today, or take a picture off the screen in a minute, right? And then we're gonna sing a song based on one of those names, and then you're gonna get up here, men and women, and you're gonna decide all week long which one of these names you need. And we're all gonna need them, I'm just telling you. Whether it's Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatever day, all right? We're gonna, you're gonna run to it, all right? And you're gonna, if you'll run to that name, you will find safety, and you'll find value, and you'll find meaning, okay? So write these down, right? So we'll go back to the beginning. So chapter one, verse one, page one of your Bible starts this way. In the beginning, God, and in the Hebrew, God, the creator, is Elohim, almighty creator. So in the beginning, it's not just say God, it's creator God, almighty creator God. He created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the, here we go. And the spirit, in in Hebrew, the ruach of God was hovering over the face of the water. And ruach there means spirit, all right? And I'm gonna blow some of your minds. Some of you are gonna leave church, but just buckle up, you'll be fine, all right, right? Ruach here is a feminine noun. God chooses to describe part of himself with a feminine noun, and the the role of the Ruach, the spirit of God, was to hover over creation, and hover actually means vibrate, which means give energy and movement to something that doesn't have it, okay? Now, for all the cynics in the room going, this is that whole creation thing, right? right, Listen, through science, all right, we have the technology now to understand that at its most core, basic, central, like, bottom level, there is a... Pulse in the universe. You've heard you've heard of this, right? There's a there's a there's a buzzing. There's a vibration. There's an electric energy that holds the entire universe together. Uh, a Buddhist would call it the um, right? And they're trying to relate to that 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 buzz is what they're trying to do. It, it, as Christians, we call that 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 energy the ruach of God. The spirit, of God is, and the spirit of God is moving and giving energy and life to lifeless, without form, void matter. In another place in the Bible, this, the spirit of God is compared to a mother eagle carrying us on her wings. And again, I'm not saying that God is female. He's not male or female, but, but the energizing life part of God, God describes as ruach with a feminine noun. And he's God, so he gets to do that. So application, ladies, when you are tired, and lifeless and you feel like my life has no form and is void and it's without purpose ruach is a strong tower where you will find energy and life run to her and you'll be safe so write down ruach here's another one all right so there's this old man in the bible he's like 99 years old and one day god comes to him and says abram hey you're gonna be a dad and abram's response is he laughs in the face of god he goes look at me i'm old and look at my wife we people like us we don't do that. I mean, we we can't we can't make this happen. We're 90s, all right? I mean, I mean, we're healthy, okay? But this is not going to happen, all right? And God's response is this. Look at this. When when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him to Abram and said to him, "But I am God Almighty." And again, in the Hebrew it doesn't translate God Almighty. It translates I am Elohim, God Shaddai, all sufficient one. Now here's what's just so cool, right? And Shaddai comes from the Hebrew word Shad, which is the Hebrew word for a mother's breast. Meaning this is in the same way that a child finds all the nourishment and provision that keeps it alive for a season until it's strong enough to stand on its own, the name of God can be that for you too. So ladies, when you don't know how you're gonna be provided for, when you don't have enough, I don't know how I'm gonna pull this off. How am I going to come up with the resources to do that? When you feel hungry and empty inside, El Shaddai is a strong tower. Run to El Shaddai and be filled and be safe. God, the all-sufficient one, to supply all that you need to stay alive. When you, when you just start, I'm worn out, I can't manufacture it or pull it off on my own. Hold on to that one. Let me give you one more. Skip ahead a few years. God tells Abraham to take that miracle baby that El Shaddai made possible, take him up on a mountain, and when you get up on the top of the mountain, I want you to kill him. I want you to sacrifice your one and only son, Isaac, to me. And Abraham obeyed. Again, not understanding how obeying God could lead to a good outcome, because in my mind, this can't be good, but obeying God and believing that he could trust God, that God was doing something that Abraham couldn't see or understand in the moment. And then just before he sacrifices Isaac, God stops and provides a ram that's caught up in the bushes and Abraham is able to sacrifice the ram instead of his son. Now, I am going to be honest with you. I've read that story all my life and I always thought, that's a cruel story. That feels like a mean God. I mean, c- can you imagine the internal conversation that Abraham is having in his head as he walks up this, this mountain? And by the way, Isaac is going along with him going, hey, dad, we got the wood, we got the knife, we got the fire, where's... Where's the sacrifice? And everybody says, The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. And here's why it makes it even more cruel in my mind. God knew how it would work out. So why put this man through this? Right? I mean, God knew that Abraham would be faithful. God knew that Abraham would walk by faith. But you know who didn't know? If Abraham would be faithful? Abraham. He didn't know. He didn't know, he just he said, just God will provide what I need. And even when Abraham didn't have any idea how God would do it, he trusted. He obeyed by faith, and God provided, which is why when it was all over, Abraham named that place. Look at this, Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mouth of the Lord, it shall be provided, except in the Hebrew, it doesn't translate the Lord will provide. It translates Jehovah, the Lord, Jireh will provide We'll see to it that you have more than enough of what you need. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So ladies and gentlemen, Jireh is a strong tower. If you run to him, he'll provide more than enough of what you need. The best thing going for this lady in Proverbs 31 wasn't her resume or her accomplishments or her marriage or her perfect children or what she said or did, because eventually, All that's gone. The only thing that lasted was this. She feared the Lord. She kept the Lord in the right place in her life. She listened to what he said was true about her, and she ran to his name like you would run to a strong tower in order to find her value and her worth and her identity. So let's just review this, all right? His name is Ruach. And she brings energy and life to a formless and void. His name is El Shaddai. And like a mother's breast, he supplies all that you need. He can fill you up. His name is Jehovah Jireh. He supplies and provides more than enough for everything he tells you to do. Run to him and be safe. So I'm done. So now we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna run to the names of the Lord. I, I'm gonna have the band come out. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna teach you a song at all of the all the campuses, um, called Jira. When I heard this a few weeks ago, I was just like, this, this is good. So we have three names of God. We have Ruach. Ruach is that I don't have energy and he can bring energy into the void, into the lifeless. He can bring, he can bring dead stuff in my life back to life. Is that the one you need? El Shaddai, my all-sufficient one, I'm facing something in my life and I don't know. I don't, I don't have the strength. I don't have the resources. I don't know how I'm gonna make that happen. I need the all-sufficient one to, to do it with me and for me. And Jaira, my provider, I don't need just a little bit. I need more than a little bit. I, I need to know I'm enough and that he's enough for me. So here's what I'm gonna do at all of our campuses. This is a risk. If you're a visitor here, I don't normally do stuff like this, but I'm gonna do it today because it's Mother's Day. If you need God to be your Ruach, if there's something in your life that's dying and you need him to to bring energy and life to that part of your your life, it just feels void and dead, will you stand up? Good. Stay standing, because eventually we're all gonna be standing with you. If you need God to be your El Shaddai, meaning I'm facing something and I just don't, I don't know how I'm gonna pull it off. I don't know if I have the resources or, 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 or even the energy or the strength. I need him to be my all sufficient one. If that's your name of God, you need to run to, will you stand up? Not alone, are you? If you need God to be your gyra. To provide what, you, I don't know where it's gonna come from. I don't understand how it could be possible. But God, I need you to provide something because without this, I'm gonna lose everything. I need you to be more than enough right now for me. If you need God to be your gyra, will you stand? So apparently we need God. And apparently God is wide open and available saying, run to me. You run to everything, you run to the wrong voice, you run to the wrong things, you compare yourself to all the wrong stuff, just run to me and I will tell you who you are. Because I made you. I'm the mother eagle, I'm the energy, I'm the provider, I'm the sustainer. Run to me and be safe. So God, I just ask a blessing over all all these people who who are looking to you to say be my strength, be more than enough, tell me who I am. Keep me going when I'm tired. Be my, be my Ruach, bring energy to the parts of my life that are dead. Resurrect even the parts that I, I think are gone. Be my el to die. I'm hungry and starving in a part of my life and I just need, I just want to be satisfied just a little bit and if I can get that from you, then be my all-sufficient one. And God, you are Jaira. You're more than enough, always enough forever enough and you last forever. The name, your name, God, is a strong tower. In this moment, we run to you and we're safe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.